Hello, and welcome back to Madness in the Method, the foremost Nicolas Cage podcast. There are a few others out there, I've told you about it before, but disregard them all. This is the only Nicolas Cage podcast you have to listen to. From now on, until whenever he stops making movies, which probably won't be um, in the foreseeable future. My name is Tobias, and with me as always is my friend and trusted co-host, Christopher. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. And in today's episode, we are talking about uh, The Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, which might be one of the worst titles of a movie of all time. <laughs> well, um, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, I'm not wrong. <laughs> um, however, and maybe this is, uh, I guess, blowing the load a little early, <laughs> it's far from one of the worst movies of all, uh, worst movies of all time, uh, at least in my opinion. I agree. Oh, good. Well, <laughs> thank you for listening. This has been um, <laughs> um, no. It's it's uh, it's a uh, it's a. Uh, I don't know what it is. I, I I was I was actually listening back to some of the episodes we have recorded um, uh, for last season, um, and I realized that every time I try to explain what genre the movie is in, it's usually like it's an action thriller. It's drama and i never know and it's kind of the same here this w- is like a drama <laughs> i would say thriller? The, the, the the genre of this movie is uh herzog Werner herzog. <laughs> yes it's just, definitely it's a Werner herzog movie yes and they yeah. are kind of in a in a genre of their own yes yeah. definitely <laughs> i was actually i was actually thinking about that uh while i was i was watching the end of the movie just before we started recording here um and it's it's I mean there's I mean I mean I haven't watched every movie there is out there or every kind of director <laughs> out there, but out out of all the movies by all the directors that I've watched, there's really only like Werner Herzog is is very very unique in his style. There's only like I can only think of one other director that even comes close, and they're still very different. But there is like a a similar quality to their style, and that's uh, David Lynch. I was thinking, I was thinking David Lynch. When yeah. you started talking, I was like, David, yeah, David Lynch. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's David Lynch. Yeah. Because, um, and I, I don't know uh, how that is with um, uh, Herzog, but I know that with David Lynch, it's because he isn't, I mean, he's a filmmaker, but he is an artist first and foremost. Like, he was a painter before he made movies or, or TV shows or shorts or whatever he makes. Mm. Um, so he, he has a very, um, <clears throat> his, his style is very, uh, visual. Um, I mean, as, as we know, we've talked about, uh, David Lynch on this podcast before when we talked about, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, shit. Wild at Heart. Yeah. Wild at Heart. Yeah. Uh, another movie starring Nicolas Cage. Yeah, of course, because it's a <laughs> Nicolas Cage podcast. Um, and and it's not it's not like because there's a lot of um, directors. I I guess we've just gone right into the discussion here, but whatever. I just need to get this off my chest. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of directors who like who like you know they put little details. You know there's um, you know uh, you know details and hints at the themes in the movies, and there's like there might be some you know. Um, uh, a lot of visual storytelling, a lot of like thematic uh, storytelling, um, where, where where like little little weird details kind of make sense. Like, oh, that's what this means, you know? Ah, the the ghost actually means this and this or whatever. And we're talking about directors, but when it comes to Werner Herzog and David Lynch, they just put things in their movies because they like how it looks. Um, in yeah. a visual sense, definitely because. Yeah, to to kind of try to tie this into this movie, the deal with the lizards, the iguanas, and the alligators. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You, I know people are like trying to like put meaning to why they're in the movie, but Herzog has literally said that he just wanted to have iguanas in the same shot as Nicolas Cage because it's a striking visual. Yeah, he's just. I just like how it looks. Yeah, and it's just. He, while, while I enjoy, you know, heavy thematic filmmaking and, you know, all, all, all the detailed stuff, I find it very refreshing to just have strange visuals. And, and you know, because it's, it's not like, like you say, um, Christopher Nolan is a very visual director, but it's, it's different because this is more 
there's a different quality to the visuals in a Werner Herzog or, I guess, David Lynch movie. And I, I, I watching this, because I haven't watched this since it was new, basically, um, I really enjoy that. Yeah. I, so, mean, I enjoy that kind of filmmaking. So, uh, trying to get back to the, the original structure of, of this podcast. Yes, sorry, sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it was a pretty good segue. So, you have seen it before. Um, yes. And I saw it back when it was basically new, so like, what, 12, what did you think years. about it then, and what did you suspect it was still still going to be? Um, <clears throat> back then I really liked it, um, because I was I was so I must have been like, yeah, like in my early twenties, right? Yeah, um, just just before nine. nine. Yeah. yeah, so I was twenty or nineteen, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think I was in like a pretentious phase at the time, so I just I loved this movie. <laughs> it's Werner Herzog, it's Nicolas Cage. I mean, there's lizards in the in the vis- visuals, you know. Oh, I thought it was the greatest movie ever, basically. Um, I have since then uh, grown up a little bit. Maybe you know, found other my, my my taste in movies has changed. So I must say, while I still enjoy Herzog's movies. I was trying to, like I've talked about before, I was trying to find a meaning in some of the visuals in this. And it wasn't really clicking for me until like halfway through the movie and I realized, no, there, there doesn't have to be a specific meaning to the visuals. They're just visuals. Um, yeah. So I struggled with the beginning. I still don't like it as much as I did back then, but I still like it a lot. I think it's a very good movie. Hmm. Yeah, so I... Uh... Back then, two thousand nine, around there, yeah, I was following this. Um, trying to find who it was, it was this uh, movie critic, uh, Alex Billington, not some big name, but a no. guy. Okay, uh, yeah, it doesn't ring any bells. No, it was on first first dot net. <clears throat> he made reviews. Oh, okay, um, and he uh, did a list every year, which was. You may remember this because I talked oh, about yes. it back then. Oh, yes. Like, uh, best movies you missed this year or something Yeah, like the that. best movies yeah. you didn't see last year. So every right, like, right. January he made this list. And right. I always made it like sort of a tradition to go through the list. Because yeah. that was always... I did that too a couple of times. Yeah, because yeah, it was... Back then we also went through all the Oscar movies before the Oscar. Yeah. Um, and then... So this one was like sort of the, the, the complementary list to the Oscar list. Yeah. And, and that one was always better. Obviously, because it's not Oscar movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not Oscar bait. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so and this movie was on it. So it was just I went through a lot of movies, and this was one of them. And I thought this is a weird movie. Uh, <laughs> I I like it, but I can't really describe why I like it. I wasn't super into it because it was it was one of those movies where you can you see it and you think, huh, there's something here, but I'm not gonna dwell in that. I'm not going to try to understand it, because it's not for yeah. me, yeah. Um, sort of. Um, but I, I still had, like, a fond memory of the movie. Of, like, that's a pretty good movie, especially for being both a Nicolas Cage movie at this time and mm. for having that weird name and maybe the worst poster. <laughs> like It's very, it's very basic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's these faces, black and white, and the text uh, everywhere. They're really trying to sell it as some some like I don't know what they're trying to they're trying to sell it as like a straight up police thriller basically which yeah. it, it's not yeah. at all. Uh, but yeah, so you didn't like it as much now as you did back then, but no. you still like it. Yes, but I think I like back then. Like I said, I was in a pretentious phase, and yeah. I was really like, "Oh my god, this is so artistic! I love it." <laughs> um. So I think my I, I my uh, my love for it back then was probably uh, inflated a bit by yeah by pretension. Mm. Yeah, and I I think I liked it more this time around because I sort okay. of got it more, uh, and especially now and having this as we say this every podcast nowadays, but uh, <sighs> especially now when we see a lot of Nicolas Cage movies and more yes uh, more in we line understand of, Nicolas Cage better. Yes, it yeah. makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say total sense, but it makes ah, sense. It makes more sense, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is a very weird movie. So just quickly going over what it's about. Um, yeah. So Nicolas Cage is 
a cop. I don't think I don't remember what he is in the beginning of the movie before he's a lieutenant. He's yeah, he's the whatever it is before lieutenant. Yeah, I don't know and what it is. Detective? He, I don't know. Yeah, and it's during the Hurricane Katrina, right? Yes. Yeah. So two thousand four, I think. Yeah, and he uh, reluctantly, I think, or well, it's it's yeah. a it's hard to say really, it's just how it's framed. But he saves a, a prisoner from like. Yeah. Uh, the... He's he's stuck in in uh, the the jail in the police station. Yeah, he's being flooded. Yeah, so so he saves that guy and and but while doing that, he he gets like a, a back injury. I think it is. Yeah, I think he. You, they never never really explain it, but I think he like lands on something in the water and like yeah. hurts his spine. Yeah. Uh, and and because of this, and I guess more that day that he helped a lot of people that day. I guess. Yeah. We don't see it, but. Uh, he gets promoted to a lieutenant for this. Yeah. Uh, but then he has this chronic pain, and he go- goes sort of the the house route. Uh, yeah. Where he gets addicted to painkillers, and he sort of loses sort of faith in humanity in a way, um, and just is very angry and high all the time. Yeah, yeah, like like yeah, because he gets he gets prescription drugs at first. I think he get like oxycontin. I think. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, you know, as we know, with with especially OxyContin, um, he becomes uh, 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 gravely addicted to it and just keeps upping the dosage. And when when prescription drug doesn't work, you go to the illegal stuff. Yeah. So the movie. So he sort of... just he just starts doing every drug possible. <laughs> yeah. So the movie sort of skips uh, a year. I think it is. Six months or a year, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Where we see where he is now. And he has this... uh, Yeah, he's stealing drugs from the the evidence locker. And he just goes around and being very... He's he's on the line. He's not breaking the law, technically, while while doing his job, that is. Yeah. Uh, But but it's, it's, it's on the line. You know what it is? He's a mm-hmm. bad lieutenant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. And then he's he, and his life is sort of it's sort of a mess, but a, a, yeah. a, a working mess, I guess, because he has a yes. girlfriend and yeah. He's he's like barely managing to keep it together, but he is keeping it together. Yeah, and the entire movie is one murder case that he's trying to solve while his life is sort of. Falling apart. Yeah, falling apart around it. Yeah. It's it's I would say it's it's very close in a way, not as uh, stressed, but still as uncut gems. Yeah, it has that kind of quality. Um, yeah, the thing is the the movie is about this broken man who's trying to do this one thing. Um and he goes in weird ways of doing it. Yeah, he, he he goes to extreme lengths to 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 fix things. He kind of puts up. He, he you know he keeps he keeps digging uh, his grave even deeper. Even even when he's fixing one thing, that creates another problem over here, and then that creates another problem over here while fixing that problem. And um, yeah, eh, the the water the. The water keeps uh, going up, and he, he's he's basically drowning towards the end of the movie. Or, uh, yeah, towards the end of the movie. Yeah. I don't want to spoil too much before <laughs> before we get to the spoilers, I suppose. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, yeah I mean, that's that's roughly what it is about. But it, there's a lot of... There's just a lot of moving parts and a lot of things. And I, I can't imagine trying to write this movie. <laughs> yeah, and that's interesting, because uh, the guy who wrote this, this was his first uh, movie script... Yeah. He'd only written for TV, uh, like writing and producing TV before this. Uh, William M. Finkelstein. Um, and since then, he's basically only written TV and produced TV, yeah. I think. Yeah, more or less. And just quickly, why the name is so awkward? Uh, it's because it is not really a remake, but sort of a remake a uh, Harvey Keitel movie from the eighties, yeah. I think. Um, or uh, ninety-two. Early ninety-two. 90s. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's there was a lot of confusion because, um, yeah, he wrote it as sort of, sort of a spiritual remake. Like he took the themes of the original Bad Lieutenant movie, 
but made it his own thing, but still called it bad. I mean, because it's just a movie about a bad cop. I mean, we got a bunch of those. Yeah. So why he specifically wanted to, like, take that name, because he specifically took the name Bad Lieutenant as a, as a reference to the 92 movie. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't explained to uh, Herzog when he when he first started making the movie and when he found out that it's like, oh, wait, it's a remake of this other movie. He didn't want to make it anymore. So like, no, it's not really. We just took the name. It's like, what? It's a, yeah. I don't know why they didn't just call it something else. I, you can't say like, oh, it's because brand recognition because nobody remembers Bad Lieutenant from 92. <laughs> no. I mean, at least not the mainstream audience, you know? <laughs> and yeah, it's a lot of weird things behind the scenes. And I, I, I don't know if it's the marketing or if it's the writer or why they were so adamant to keep the main the name bad lieutenant yeah i um, i yeah i don't i don't because yeah again both herzog and the original director slash writer yeah abel uh, ferrara yeah. who made the first bad lieutenant nobody so wanted this to be a remake no yeah <laughs> everyone was very adamant that this is not a remake it has nothing to do with it we're even going to put it in in a different time, a different city, just no. be- so because the original is in New York, uh, just so you you wouldn't think it's a remake, but keep the name. It's yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it would it would even it would it would work better to just call it Port of Call, New Orleans, because it's a cool name for a city. Yeah. Um, and it's like, oh, port of call. I mean, you see, the, it's 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 like then you could say, oh, it's a story about the city post Katrina, which is kind of is, but not really, you know. Mm. But you could say that at least. But no, yeah. they had to put the bad lieutenant called yeah. port of call, New Orleans. It's but just I, terrible, terrible title. But I would say before we go into spoiler territory, uh, yes, <clears throat> just for, for for the the few people who. Start a podcast about a movie they haven't seen, and then decide I want to watch this movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, this is if 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 you want if you like weird movies that are pretty good, uh, yeah, you should turn off the podcast and go watch it. Otherwise, yeah. let's go into spoilers. Yeah, I agree. I, I I like this movie. I I like this a lot actually. Um, especially especially towards like the la- last half of the movie. I really like. It starts ramping up, and I really enjoy mm. that. So yeah, I, I wholeheartedly recommend it. Yeah. So um, spoilers then. Spoilers. Um. Well, I didn't even mean how it was like the thing <laughs> went, but I didn't really have anything. Well, no, <laughs> like you said earlier. Well, I'm not going to talk about that. Uh. uh yeah. Well. Uh. uh like. Uh, sp- speaking of of um. The murder investigation. Yeah. Um, and how he how he seems to be at first he seems to be said he seems to be dealing with it like actually caring about solving the murder, mm-hmm. but then he kind of loses sight of it. But at the same time, you know, because he he starts doing everything to like make the money because he owes. Well, I guess they they think he owes them money, but he really doesn't. You know the yeah. the, the guy who was with his girlfriend, uh, yeah, uh, Shay Wiggum. Uh, lo- oh, we're gonna talk about that. There's so many good actors in this movie. Oh yeah, yes. uh, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, uh, yeah, it feels like he like he, st- he stops caring about the the murder investigation. Um, but then as the movie wraps up, he is it's it was in his in the back of his mind all the time. Yeah, it was and all in the end, he just sor- ha, was sort of sort of planned, but not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which is, I, I found that very, uh, very satisfying. The, the ending is so strange because, like we said, towards the end, he is he is knee deep in shit. Everything is just falling apart, and then there's like five minutes where just every every problem the. He he wins he wins at the 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 football the football game he wins his money back. Um, Shay Wiggum is like, oh yeah, I'm so, I'm sorry I messed with you because you know he killed they killed the well, it starts with with him having exhibit kill the guys who wants who wants his money. It starts yeah. there. Um, and so Shay Wiggum freaks out. I was like, I'm sorry. Uh, everything is everything is okay, man. Uh, any complaints have been retracted. I'm just gonna leave you now, and it's like okay. And then <laughs> immediately after that, um, the bookie, uh, what's his, what's the actor? Uh, Brad Dourif. 
Brad Dourif comes in like, hey, you didn't watch the end of the game, man. You won $10,000. And as he leaves, the superintendent comes in like, hey, they found this crack pipe with Exhibit's DNA on it on the murder scene. We got him! Which he planted. So. Which he, pl- of course, he planted. But, but the thing yeah. is, though, yeah, he planted it, but Exhibit had already admitted to the murders. To him, though, inofficially. Unofficially. Yeah. And I, so yeah, he planted evidence, but that was just to get the bad guy, you know? Yeah, it, it felt I was while all those things were happening because it was it was it was comedic how everything yeah, just worked I, out in the span of like five minutes. People I just walked out loud. in. Yeah, people just walked in and said, "This this uh, plot line is solved." He walked next next person. This one also solved. Then they said, this yeah. one's also. But I mean, when Brad Dourif leaves, he leaves him the money and then just gets literally the superintendent actors. Moves into picture yeah. like, hey man, and shows him the crack pipe. He's like, ah, it's <laughs> yeah. I like I said, I laughed out loud. Yeah, so I was I was convinced because I didn't really remember any specifics of the movie uh, no. from when I saw it the first time. Uh, so I was, comp- I remember it was weird. So I was like, is this a drug hallucination? <laughs> is is this what's happened? Is is he dead? And he, this is the last moments of his life. What's going on? Because I, yeah. I couldn't believe that it was real, <laughs> based on the rest of the movie. But uh, apparently, it was. Yeah, it and, was. And, and you, if if you think about it, if you really think about it, it's it it all makes sense. It's not like oh, we need to wrap up the movie. It's no, like because all he... everything except maybe the bookie, except that one, that part maybe. All the other that things... That was a bit of a luck. Yeah, yeah, that was a bit of luck. Everything else has been established that he he played his card right at the right time at every yeah. part. And you could maybe say, because he did sort of uh, threaten uh, uh, one of the football players not to yeah. play. Um, or to... He, he threatened a guy to... Um, What's it called? To throw, uh, throw, throw the game. Throw the game, yeah. Yeah. And, and, that, and that person, he just did, decided not to play at all. So you could say that maybe... They won because their best in it, player yeah. didn't play, so maybe that was foreshadowed in a way. But still. yeah, it was it, it was uh, uh, if it, it felt if but it felt like it was like karma. So everything yeah. was going all right, but then of course you know karma has to come back because he's still done a lot of bad things. So he become he gets promoted to uh, captain mm-hmm. um, a, a year after the, the murder investigation is finished. Um, his 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 girlfriend and him and his uh, dad and his new girl, they're all like sober. They have this new big house where he lives. His girlfriend Eva Mendes plays his girlfriend. Um, she's pregnant, and everything is just working out. And he's like, "So is this when he's gonna get shot or something? Is he yeah. gonna die now?" But it it doesn't. However, we see him. They almost like co- almost like beat for beat copy scene from early in the movie. Yeah. Um, when he like um, he apprehends two kids coming out of a um, a club, um, and he he um, yeah he shakes them down for all their drugs. So he's like, ah, he's still you know even though he has been so we expect him he has been sober or at least played sober with his uh, girlfriend and everything. Mm. Um, but he still has that you know that 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 the the bad lieutenant is still in there somewhere yeah. so he he takes their drugs he goes to this hotel room um and he just he just yeah he puts up the, the a big line of coke and then just he's about to do it you know go right down into the depravity again the guy from the beginning of the movie which he saved right, the guy who yeah. who started this whole thing cuz he he broke or hurt his back because saving this guy comes into his room as a as a, a bellhop or whatever they call room the, the room service guy, yeah, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't order room service." He's like, ah, shit, I I messed up again. And he's like, "Hey, that's you. You saved my life two years ago." Um, and and he he has now been sober. For, he says like a year in November, whenever this is. Well, about basically since yeah uh, that time. So he stops him from taking the drugs, takes him out of there, like like you know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you out of here. I'm, I'm, I'm off my shift in a few minutes. I'll get you out of here. Um, and really, uh, I would say that is karma, but it works in the way you didn't think it would. Like karma actually saves him. 
Yeah. Like, it's good. He gets good karma, which you don't expect. But when he gets that good karma, it makes sense. Because despite all the bad things he does throughout the movie, he does... Um, It's hard to explain. Like, he's a... He's a so, bad cop. Well, but he I would still say, I would does say, the I would right the, thing. I would, I would say the, the 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 complete opposite, sort of. Which you're, okay, maybe that is what you're trying to say. But yeah, maybe because uh, you, you see you see throughout the movie there are glimpses, and I think that's that's Nicolas Cage's acting just shining through. That no. he knows what he's doing. He is a good cop. He's a he, I would say a great cop, but yeah. he's. Maybe a bad person. <laughs> that it like when it goes yeah. to like the private his private life and everything. That that's when he's a wreck. But I'm, I'm thinking specifically of the scene where there there's like this SWAT team and they're gonna go into a building and get a guy. Yeah. Uh, and Nicolas Cage is like, hang on, he walks around to the let back. me handle this, and he yeah. just walks through the other uh, another apartment. Picks up some weed on the way, uh, and, then, <laughs> yeah. and then go out backside and go in the other way and just get the guy without a bullet fired. Uh, yeah. And you see, you see, sort of in the acting and how Nicolas Cage portrays him, it's like he knows what he's doing. He's good at this. He's very good at this. Yes. So as long as he works, as long as he's doing his job, it works. It's all the other things he's terrible at. He's bad at all the other things. Talking no, to people. Okay. Having relationships, following the law himself, handling money—he's bad at all those things. <laughs> yeah. The, okay. Yeah, that's true. I think that was what I was trying to say, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, that's and, very good. Yes. Yeah, and because of that, because he's a great cop and he does a great job, he's sort of his bad personality is sort of redeemed at the end because, well, he's bad at the small stuff, but he's great at the big stuff and yeah he deserves a happy ending for doing what's right in maybe the wrong way sometime but still at the end he's doing what's right for the sort of community and yeah so he helps people and they help him back in a way even though he is a terrible person with terrible <laughs> vices yeah uh, and it is this and that's how i see the movie that this is like sort of a um there's there's a weighing between between bad person good cop, uh, what is what is what weights more? Uh, yeah, exactly. And at the end, we get the no, good cop. It it weighs uh, weighs heavier. So yeah, and he, he, and it's it's and I I at least I think <clears throat> in the end, um, him him being a good cop, um, eventually helps him to be be a good person. But just when he's about to fall back into being a bad person, he is uh, saved by that guy or by Karma in the end. Yeah, um, which which he, which he got that that guy's helping him because he helped him as a cop, not as a person. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I I think that that's an it's an interesting because it's it's rare that you see that uh, the 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 good cop who is a terrible person who and that works out sort of. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. Usually, usually it's a, a bad cop who's really a bad person as well. Like they're one yeah. of the same. But this is like, yeah, he's he's a he's a great cop on the surface. Yeah, his yeah. He, his his methods are, <clears throat> yeah, not always the best, but he no. gets results. And it's also uh, an interesting thing is that he never like he never. Um, uh, what's it called? He never exploits anyone who who isn't already guilty. Yeah, he always gets the guy, and it's the right guy. Yeah, uh, like, sure. Like, he he draws a gun on like an old lady and screaming in her face, and that's the almost, only thing. Yeah, but that's because to kill her. She, but that's because she she's is, hiding a witness. Yeah, a witness she's hiding can... an important person for the case, who at the end needs to be there to. Put away the bad guys. Yeah, so, and, and you know, in he, a way, she is a bad guy. I guess. In his yeah, way. that like like we said, it's it's really uh, uh, straddling that line between good <laughs> and bad. But I mean, he still doesn't kill her. 
Uh, that's <laughs> and they were hide. They were hide- technically hiding a fugitive at that time. So yeah, you know. And he tried yeah. to be nice the first time. Second time, he has been up for like three days. He is high yeah. on everything, and just he does not have the patience to deal with this. So he just pulls that gun out. Like, listen, lady, where's the guy? <laughs> I I I really like that the line. I I I remember what the context is. If he's talking on the phone or something, or he goes to his girlfriend, but he's like, I'm fucked up. I thought I was storing coke, but it was heroin. Oh <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and it's just this shrug. Oh fuck, I, I hate when that happens. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like you remember in Pulp Fiction, she does the same thing and she dies. He's just like, oh man, yeah, I'm really fucked up, oh, man. I, I hate ugh. again. <laughs> oh oh damn, no, man. not this again. <laughs> heroin in my nose. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, but it is um, like like you said, it's 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 in like it's very interesting to see that kind of police because usually when a movie deals with a a bad cop, it's usually like yeah, this is a bad person, like he's the he's the villain. But here, the bad cop is the hero, um, and it's more nuanced than like oh, a bad cop means it's a bad person. No, no, it can be. Different. A bad person can be a good cop, and I guess you know, vice versa, so to speak. Yeah, um, and sure, we have examples of it. We have examples of of, of the, that trope uh, in a lot of places. Um, I would say maybe like Sin City, for example. We have have the same tropes well, in, in that one. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, it it gives a lot a lot another layer just because as we talked in the beginning how this movie is made and how the visuals is made because it's a yeah. very gritty and it feels very real in a way yeah even though it, it has these weird uh, point of views from from people who shouldn't have point of views like yeah. an alligator uh, <laughs> dead people dead people. <laughs> Uh, and it is it's surreal, but still, but it is it it feels real because he is always high. So it's sort of the uh, unreliable narrator thing. Yeah, almost. Yeah, like the, the, like this is see how how he sees the world. Yeah, uh, and you can sort of see between the lines how the world actually is. Yes, exactly. Uh, so so it, it if if you if any other director would do this, I think it would be a very boring movie. Oh yes, uh, it would be very boring. It would be so standard. Yeah. Um, and and yeah, tropey, boring movie. Nobody would remember it. Yeah. Um, now, I I don't know how much is uh Herzog and how much is Nicolas Cage. I think um, I think it's both of them together because. Yeah, yeah, but if if you if you would the would the movie work if you didn't have Nicolas Cage versus would the movie work without Herzog? Which one is which part is more most important? Obviously, they together make this sort of—I yeah. wouldn't say magic, but makes the movie work. Work definitely. But yeah, which I'm thinking like piece is most important? if this if this was Nicolas Cage with another director, some random ass director. Um, yeah. I honestly think that we would have a more a more subdued performance by Nicolas mm. Cage. I think this would be more like like some of the earlier movies he made just before this. Um, like uh, like Bangkok Dangerous or Next, you know, movies where he seems to be. We talked about him. I don't want to use that, but kind of phoning it in. Yeah, I think so. But because it's Werner Herzog, um, someone he hasn't worked with before, but obviously he he respects him as a filmmaker because uh, he he talked about that behind the scenes as well. I know. Um, and because Werner Herzog is an as a director, um. With a with this yeah with a certain style a very uh, a unique way to make movies he he will allow Nicolas Cage to do what has to be done to make this movie so and we, you know we've talked about how how Nicolas Cage's energy has to be matched by everyone else in in mm. order for it to really work um that I don't know if we've mentioned that we've always talked about the other actors having to match his energy but that's the same with the director. The director yeah. has to match his energy, and Nicolas Cage in this movie with another director, it would be 
more subdued, more phoned in. Werner Herzog with another actor, it's... I think it could have worked, but it wouldn't have been as interesting. Nicolas Cage with Herzog is... I would you said not quite magic. I would say it is magic. Yeah, that's what makes this movie all the way. I think. Mm. There's this. Uh, you probably read it, but there's uh, trivia about during the filming. Nicolas Cage asked the entire set for silence to make a declaration. Mm. Once yeah. the set has gone silent, Cage pointed at Werner Herzog and proclaimed, "Finally, someone who knows what he's doing." Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that was regarding Werner Herzog's uh, way of. Uh, only filming things that should that is that he knows is going to be in the movie. Yeah, he doesn't get uh, coverage. He doesn't yeah. waste time on stuff he's not going to use because he knows what he's going to use. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Now, uh, so, I, so, I, I get I get why you, why you want to shoot coverage, mm-hmm. but I also like if you have a vision, just go with it, man. You don't have to shoot coverage if you know what you're you know doing. So. Yeah, and and again, this this very goes into how how Nicolas Cage plays. I think because yes, I think I think he acts in the same way. I don't think he would ever try another method if he wasn't asked. Exactly. Uh, like, I, I think he uh... knows what his character is going to do. And I, I, exactly. don't think he, I don't think he's an actor who, who a lot of actors say when they're like, could we do it again? I want to try something else. I don't think yeah, he, Cage does he that. Know, he know, he, yeah, he know, he, it's this, um, it, it, maybe it's an oxymoron a little bit, but there is this spont- spontaneity to his style but at the same time, to try and to try and recreate it in a different take, it uh, it won't have the same effect. Like he knows, like in this moment, in this scene, I want to do this. I don't want to do anything else. So I'm not going to try anything else. So if I have to do it again in a different take or for coverage, mm. it's not going to have that same energy. So yeah, shooting the scene you're going to use the first time, the first take, that's when you get the best Nicolas Cage. If I mean. Yeah. Armchair Nicholas Cage expert here. <laughs> well, uh, and I, I think just talking about the energy, I think a lot of the actors really brought the energy uh, for Nicholas yeah. Cage performance. Um, I think only Exhibit was he was the only one who, who sort of met him in in energy. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, but I think the others they were. There was no one who fell flat. No, yeah, everyone, uh, no one felt, uh, like, awkward around him. Everyone, mm. yeah, they were on the same level. They were on the same plane yeah. of existence as, but, as which Nicolas was Cage. Very, which was very interesting, just seeing uh, Eva Mendes and Nicolas Cage in this one versus yeah. them oh. in Ghost Rider. It's so different. And that also, that perfect example of, of why a director matters. Like, yeah. a lot of people saying, that, what does the director actually do? He just has action. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, 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 no. look at Eva Mendes and Nicolas Cage in this, and then compare it to just two years earlier, yeah. their their chemistry in Ghost Rider. It's completely different. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're uh, I don't I think I kind of liked it back then, but yeah, we all we both agree that it's kind of stale. It's kind of stiff between them. Yeah, here it's talked, completely different. Yeah, we talked in in that one. I if I remember correctly, it was a while back now. Yeah. Uh, that. They, you could see they had chemistry, but the dialogue did not work, and it just, yeah. just how the how yeah how the scenes are directed and how the the characters were written, it didn't work. It didn't work on yeah. paper. No, yeah, uh, there was like there was there was the scene where they met for the first time in like seven years at that show. Yeah. That was the one time there was a bit of sparks, but the rest, yeah, no, yeah, no. And here, I I I bought this relationship. Oh yeah. Through. One hundred percent. Yeah, which is it's a very weird relationship because it was, uh, it's it's a very tropey thing too. Just that the corrupt police has a, a a prostitute as his girlfriend. Yeah, uh, and it's basically yeah, it's basically just yeah, he has drugs. I'm gonna hang out with him. If I give her drugs, she'll sleep with me. It's that kind of yeah. But but and and first half of the movie, that's how you think the relationship is. But more and more, you realize. No, they actually like each other. They, yeah. There's actually something here. They, there's a mutual sort of respect in the depravity. Yeah. Um, and and when push comes to shove, he uh, he stands up for her. Yeah. In, in his, even if it is kind of weird, you know, when when the guys come in like, yeah, they want to saddle her up. And he's like, ah, and he plays along. But then he gets yeah. them out of there before they do it. Yeah. yeah and because it's, he it's, actually cares about her. Yeah. yeah, in that scene, I was... 
hundred percent prepared that he was like, yeah, okay, fair enough, not my problem. Yeah, leave, because he's but... reached the bottom. He doesn't care anymore. He just needs yeah. to, you know, get them out of there. Yeah, but nope, mm. he actually cared. Always in the back of his head, he's always, you know, he's working on something that he's not showing you. Yeah. And it was, it was same thing when he like, okay, I need money, so now I'm gonna do, I'm gonna deal with Exhibit, even though I know he's the guy who killed, murdered this entire family that yeah. I'm trying to solve that, that murder. Um, but I'm gonna deal with him, and he's like, so am I like clear now from this murder investigation? He's like, look at me, now look at you. Do you think I ever gave a fuck about those people? And he's like, <laughs> oh shit. I was like, oh no, he, he didn't. He was just like, but then, but then he did in the end. Like, ha! He was fucking. He was playing four D chess with everyone. Yeah, and, now, and I, I would say that's the only. I don't know if that's even the only negative thing I can say about Nicolas Cage, but that is because I know audience. Uh-huh. <laughs> he downplays the characters. Um. Thoughts, I guess. So, most of the time, you could read it like, "Oh, he was lucky." Yeah. But but no, he. This was like he was planning most of the things. He, in every situation, he sort of knew what he was doing, and he did the best. Well, and except when he's like super high and mugging <laughs> yeah. people on the street, but it, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, it's like there, there is, there is always like calculated plans, and there's always things happening. But Nicolas Cage downplays that so much; you can't see that in the in the acting. In a yeah, way. I, yeah, I, yeah. For all his uh, uh, very um, over the top acting, there is a subtlety to the character. Mm. Believe it or not, yeah, that some people might miss. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, so the scene we talked about in the in in the end, where where all every character in every <laughs> plotline appears and says it's all solved. You could read that like, well, that was a bad written ending. They just needed to 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 close out to the wrap movie. it up. Yeah, yeah, wrap it up. But but no, if you actually look at the movie and actually look closely at the acting, you see that no, there was all foreshadowing up until this point. Every, yeah, the plots were working just you didn't see the cogs turning in his head all the time yeah yeah because because you're not on every drug known to man he is <laughs> yeah yeah and we're not we're not we're not really like yeah we see we see his strange perspective sometimes is why we see the souls dancing and the iguanas yeah. and everything but we never let in like deep enough to actually understand him as a character like he's always he's always he's always closed off there's some stuff that we don't get to know about him which makes sense I would say it feels appropriate for the character Nicolas Cage character in this movie that's the character that uh, Charlie Sheen wanted to be when he talked about himself in that interview with Tiger <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, and it's, it's also and I, um, I I don't know I just I just thought of this now that the whole the whole thing with uh, because yeah, we we it's definitely a character study, but we don't get to know everything about him. Mm. He keeps some things closed off, and that's and I think that's uh you know he keeps some demons to himself, and that's why he's sitting in that hotel room in the end after a year of sobriety, ready to snort all the coke. It reminds me of uh, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> it reminds me of uh, Matthew McConaughey's character in uh, True Detective. Another yeah. one where we, we get to know a lot of that character, but there's still, at, at the very end, when he is completely opened up, there's still some stuff we don't know about the character, because there's always going to be that that little little nugget of darkness inside. Yeah, and I, you said the character study, but I, I would say, well, it could be both, I guess, but I would say this movie is uh, based on the ending and the beginning of the movie, because it really sort of feels like this is just a few days in one gate in his life. Oh it's yeah, like, sure. It's, it's it's a slice of life story you know, <clears throat> that at the beginning of the movie you see that oh there's there has been things before that we didn't see, and at the end of the movie you feel like yeah his story isn't ended here. It's just gonna keep on going up and down the rest <clears throat> of his life sort of. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Uh, this is which, this is a few important days in his life, but yeah, it's 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 not the end of the story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I I think 
I, I like that in, in these movies about, yeah, which is sort of a character study or, or following a character where, yeah, you, you see a few days in, in this guy's life and you, you realize that, yeah, maybe in a few years, this th- these days won't be that important to him. <laughs> but it was very yeah. telling to the audience who this character is. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. So, I, I yeah, it's, it is a, it's a very good movie. It's a very um, good movie, yes. And I think people should watch it more, because nobody's heard of it. No, yeah, it's, I mean, it didn't, it's, it's, it's kind of weird to say that a movie that made $10 million is, was a flop, but even by, by that standard, it did flop, because it cost $20 million to make. Uh. So, yeah. It made no money, basically. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which is so sad. Have, have you been looking into any reviews of the movie? Any um, from the time? Uh, there are a few. I, I I read a I read a couple of them. Um, and there there's a lot of uh, there's only one negative. Um, which. <sighs> Once again, I, th- I think it's one of those people who just didn't get it. I mean, not not that they don't understood it, but it was just not their thing. Because they gave it a 2 out of 10 and just said, the film is an exasperating bore. And it's like, if you think this movie is boring, you are missing something. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't have to like things. it, but it's not boring. <laughs> Another thing that's weird about just saying, it's weird that we don't have more Nicolas Cage memes from this movie. Yes! This is um, full of weird Nicolas Cage memes. Yeah, we we should talk briefly about that. I mean, we've already mentioned it, but we gotta... Like, Nicolas Cage's performance in this. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. yeah it is insane. <laughs> it is one of his best performances in a while, I'd say. Oh, oh yeah. We had a few We had a few duds before this. Uh, yeah. Fucking was, uh, knowing I, and... Uh, uh, I would say even this... even even National Treasure he wasn't great in the Book of Secrets. Uh, I would say this is his best acting job since just looking at the list. I'd say you would probably say Weatherman, but I would yes. say Matchstick Man. I, I was looking at exactly those two. Yeah, and I <laughs> I you're right to a certain extent because I loved him in Weatherman, yeah. but that it was a, that was a very different character. That was. That was a subdued performance because that was the character. But yeah, uh, in matching energy, this is his best in Matchstick Man, yes. Um, But yeah, I would probably pick Weatherman because I love that movie. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought it was was good in it, but I I didn't think it was... It wasn't amazing. It's not not a memorable acting. It's a memorable movie, I'd say. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, And also the movie was more in line... More your type than mine, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you mean pitch black? Super depressing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, this is, this is like, uh, I'm, I don't know, out of the movies we watched, I'd say this is like in his top 10 best, best performances. Oh, top 10? I, um, I need to go through the list. I, yeah, I don't know about I'm top pulling 10, that a little bit out of my ass, but, uh, I don't know about top 10, but... If I'm just quickly glancing over the list of what we, what we watched. Uh, I mean, you have, of course, Vampire's Kiss. That's that's number one. <laughs> um, we have uh, Red Rock West. Very good in Red Rock West. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Leaving Las Vegas. That's like number two. That's so great. That's, yeah, that, that is, that's amazing. Um, then we have... Would you say Face Off is in there? Yeah, definitely Face yeah, Off. Yeah, yeah. Um, then of course, uh, Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. He is in. It's so good in Snake Eyes. Mm. That movie kind of falls apart, but he's so good in it. Yeah. Uh, bringing out the dead. That was a strong performance. Yeah, that's true. Movie wasn't that strong, but his performance. He's very good in it. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, Family then, Man. I think it was very good in Family Man. Family Man. Yeah, not top ten for me though. Um, not top ten. But then adaptation. I know you weren't super. Uh. Impressed by that movie. I mean, you liked it, but I mean, maybe yeah, not but, that much. No, but I no, but I think the the acting is is probably top ten, specifically oh, yeah. because he's act he's he's uh, portraying a real person. He does that very well. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, for me, uh, Weatherman, and then it's this. Yeah, I don't even know what that was. That that must have been top ten, right? 
one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, maybe it is top ten for me too. Yeah. I don't know. Well, when oh. I'm looking over it, <laughs> yeah, it's not a lot of good movies, but I. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, were you done with the reviews for the professional? Oh, reviews? um, the, there wasn't anything super interesting. Let me see. Oh. He got it. He got a ten out of ten by for Roger Ebert. Roger okay. Ebert, who's very inconsistent. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I'm like, I fully agree with him. And I'm just like, you're an idiot. But he says, nobody's better at this kind of performance than Nicolas Cage. He's a fearless actor. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He doesn't care if you think he goes over the top. If a film calls for it, he will crawl to the top, hand over hand with bleeding fingernails. Yeah, really nailing what makes Nicolas Cage so special. Yeah. Um, and then someone pointed out... Um, here, uh, gave it an 8 out of 10, Chicago Reader. Herzog deserves a lion's share of the credit for the movie's quality, but mm. Port of Call New Orleans is also a comeback for Cage, which, yeah, he hadn't done a great performance in a few years there. Um, so, yeah, pointing out that I, yeah, it's, it's Herzog qu- Herzog's quality as a director, I think, really lifts this movie together with Nicolas Cage's performance. Mm. Um, otherwise, not anything special here. It got a 69 uh, out, of, out of 100 Metascore. Mm. Uh, so for the, the the pleb reviews, yeah, uh, it's a six point six, yeah. Uh, but uh, most most reviews from around the time uh, are favorable. There's okay. uh, a lot of eights and nines. Uh, that one low that I found because weird it was a five, but his most his biggest criticism is it is not as good as the original. So, uh, okay, well. and he, he goes oh, goes over that. Oh, everybody says it's not a remake, but we all know it's a remake, and uh, by that standard, this one is worse. So, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, there's something there. We don't know if it is a remake or not. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> and I haven't seen the original, so I can't say. Yeah, uh, there was one I, I liked that I was gonna highlight was uh, eight out of ten. The Nicolas Cage we loved is back. <laughs> Fifteen uh, exclamation marks. I just watched this at London Film Festival. This is from 2009, by the way. And went in expecting to hate it, as I love the original. But I have to say, the film is excellent. Certainly Cage's best film and best performance since leaving Las Vegas. Herzog has done a brilliant job, and the film stands on its own, apart from the Ferrara film. I won't spoil bits by mentioning them, but the film has several standout memorable scenes worth the price of admission alone. Herzog has always been said... Uh, that training for making film is life, not a stuffy film study class, etc. If you're familiar with his work or sensibilities, you'll get even more insight into how cool this guy is after watching this film. I look forward to watching it again with release and getting the DVD. Uh, Yes. So yeah, that guy gets it. (laughs) Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I I fully agree. Yeah. I I haven't seen all of Herzog's movies, but the ones I have seen, it's 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 not always perfect, but it's it's phenomenally and interesting to watch. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen it much either because I I don't like the man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's very he's very strange. He like I said, he has that that Lynchian quality to him. Yeah, he's 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 Lynchian. He's like Lynch, like a person, but without the charm. There's, there's <laughs> it's so it's it, he feels like he's actively trying to get people to hate him. He's just so yeah, maybe, dark, yeah, and he's like, I don't care about society, sort of. Well, As, I mean, he's not always yeah. he's not always that way, and I I, I think that from what little I know, that might have been a face because nowadays, yeah. if you listen to him, he's not like that at all. Uh, okay, maybe. Uh, so, so yeah, I've seen a few things of him, but um, I, I'm not a big fan. But that's mostly because him and not the actual things he's made. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I remember. It it's also been, very pretentious. A lot of his things are very, very pretentious. Yes, they they are. They are. And and uh, I was gonna say sometimes he goes over, but I don't, I think he he for me at least he always manages to pull it back just before it gets too pretentious. For me at least, that's of are course you sh- very. Are you subjective. sure? Have you seen you? Yeah, you have. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I think the first movie that I like discovered him that made me like. Who's Wild this guy? Yonder. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which to That's this day, the I, most I rewatched this movie I've ever seen. Oh, but 
Yeah. No. Because <laughs> 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 I, I actually rewatched it not that long ago. When did that come out? Like 2005 or something? Uh, it's a little bit uh, oh, 2004. I was talking. 2004, yeah. No. Yeah, that must have been the time when I discovered him. Yeah, in my pretentious mm-hmm. phase. Yeah, 14 to like 20. No, no, it is 2005. <clears throat> You're right. 2005, 2005. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that movie knocked my socks off. I I was I was floored. I was flabbergasted. <clears throat> and then I didn't rewatch it until yeah, like a, a year ago or something. And I was completely floored again. It is a masterpiece of filmmaking. I think I tried to see the movie like three times and fell asleep every one, every time. I don't know. Um, we should, yeah. This is not a Werner Herzog, so we should. No, it's not. <laughs> we can't discuss the Wild Blue Yonder. Maybe sometime in the future. Yeah. That is a weird movie, but it's so good. <laughs> But, uh, well, I guess we're at the end of the podcast, uh, the Nicolas Cage yeah. podcast, not the Werner Hartzog <laughs> yes, podcast. Yes, yes, uh, yes. And um, what are you going to give this movie? Well, um, I saw that in my youth I had actually scored this um, on uh, IMDb. Mm-hmm. And back then I gave it an 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I liked it more back then than I did now. But after discussing it... Um, I think I'm going to stick to that 8 out of 10. Uh, no, uh, me too. I'm sticking with an 8 for this one. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's a highlight. Um, yeah. Um, it's not something I would like put on a Friday night. No. With a bowl, it's not an, it's not an with easy... With a bowl of popcorn, but I mean... No. It's a good movie. <laughs> it's it's one you it's one you carefully choose when you have the right people around. You know, in the yeah. right setting. Yeah. Uh, it's not like, yeah, we should watch a movie and hang out. Like, you don't watch yeah. this. No. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, in 2009, he made two movies. It was The Knowing... Uh, no, Just Knowing. Yeah. And The Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans. Um, and uh, so, next week, we're going to go over to 2010. He made two movies in 2010. Uh, I've seen both, and I would say I like both. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen only one of them. First yeah. one is Kick Ass, yeah, uh, which is next week, and week after that, the, Sor- the Sorcerer Apprentice, Sorcerer's yes. Apprentice. I've heard a lot of people speak favorably about that one. Yeah, um, it's saying it's like a, it's a good like you know light entertainment fun movie. You know, yeah, it, I would yeah, it, it is it is it is good in the same way that like National Treasure is good. Yeah, it's like and it's, it's another fun. Disney it's movie, fun. so yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so next week is Kick-Ass, uh, which yes. we've all seen, I think, several times. Oh, yeah. And I am uh, that's also one that I'm anxious to rewatch because um, that director, whatever his name is, I don't remember, mm-hmm. um, I really have a love-hate relationship with him because <laughs> there's something about him that I just hate. But God damn, his movies are cool sometimes. So uh, yeah, I... I'm... I haven't we I haven't watched that since the sequel came out. I think I rewatched it then to t- 2013, ten years ago. Yeah. Um. So it's gonna be interesting to see what I think now. Yeah, especially see it in this post Marvel world. Ugh. Yeah. Because yeah, because it came out just as Marvel started up. You know, with Iron Man. Yeah, I would say this. Kickass was one of the first movies which uh, sort of, in a way, kicked off the comic book genre. Yeah. Yeah, the new wave of comic book movies, yeah. and and like even even as early as 2010, kind of uh, not satirizing it, but kind of poking fun at it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But more of that next week. Yes, yes. So for now, uh, thanks so much for listening. If you want to hear these episodes in advance and also get a bunch of other uh, exclusive content. Check us out on patreon.com slash don't make a scene. Um, uh, but other than that, if you just wanna if you just wanna listen to it on the regular here on Spotify or YouTube or Apple Podcasts or whatever, be sure to like or favorite or give it five stars, whatever. It helps us in the with the algorithm. And uh, we will see you in the next episode. But until then, have a good one. Goodbye. Bye everyone. Madness in the Method is part of Please Don't Make a Scene. 
It is produced and directed by Tobias Videm after a concept by Christopher Bilem. Hosted by Tobias Videm and Christopher Bilem. Executive producer is Annika Videm and Laura Kinney. I also want to give a huge shout out to all our patrons over on patreon.com slash don't make a scene. Laura Kinney, Mom, Dad, Danny Del Gaiso, and Mac and Mom. <laughs>